Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? The Haunting of Hill House. Have you been watching this? I'm on episode three now. I'm on episode four. Fucking love it. Yeah. This is the thing. Not so bad. So sad. Very sad. Well, it is sad, yeah. (laughs) But so sad. I've never seen you break before. This is what's going to break your soul? No, it's the opposite. It's mostly to being like, quit with the wine, more with the bent neck lady. I want her to have a fucking chainsaw or something. I know that everyone's excited and it's exploring <laughs> vulnerability, but and then maybe it attacks me in a way that makes me feel vulnerable, which is then means that it's effective. But at the same time, it's like, hey, I want to see some chainsaws, please. Can I just All put right. it in a comment section? Can I give it a Yelp? I would say, I would say, perhaps you should grow. Perhaps you should grow your heart a little bit like the Grinch, but I think you already have an enlarged heart. Um, so don't do that. You're you funny. Die. Thank you. <laughs> this is Side Stories, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. Henry Zabrowski somehow being. Did you see the new Halloween, Henry? Ah, uh, I have not seen it yet. Henry, Marcus, have you? We're watching it tonight. Okay. Well, we have to talk about the new Halloween when everybody sees it, and everyone who is listening has to see it because I'm. I don't want to have to hold it all in. Okay. All right. Fantastic film. Uh, Marcus Parks is also joining us today, and we have an exciting episode. It's all predicated upon you, the fan. Your tales. Your creepy. Spaghetti. That's what we're going to be reading today. In macabre, manicotti. We're That's doing right. this again on side stories because it's fun because now we have side stories. It's like a sidecar filled with meat and beer. And we're stories. here just jaggling along the side, <laughs> side of the big train that is last podcast and left. Can you feel our bodies just fucking slapping up and down as we're just rolling above the tracks? Right. Can you get drunk? Can you get drunk in a sidecar or yeah. is that like getting drunk in a car as a passenger? Ooh. Shit, I mean, man. technically, you're, it's, it's a side car. It's not a seat. You're not a passenger in a passenger seat. You're in a whole different mode of transportation. I bet it's an interesting line. You might take that all the way up to the Supreme Court, buddy. And he will. Get- he will stand outside of the Supreme Court building yeah, asking loudly if it is okay, if it, if it is legal for him to drink in a sidecar. Well, Henry, now that you have a mustache, you have to get a motorcycle by law. Get one with a sidecar. I will cram my body into it. And I will have a couple of BLs and see if we get pulled over. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I got a married man mustache. I'm confident. Yep. Feeling sexy. I'm showing my chin. I'm showing how my face melts completely into my neck <laughs> because I'm brave. But I'm doing it for you, and I'm doing it for the Halloween season. 
Uh, okay. I, it's a part of it. It's, it's a part of my costume, my Halloween costume that you'll see eventually. And I'm also trying to look. I'm trying. I'm trying this. And when I do get a co- when I do get a motorcycle, it's gonna be right. one of those little ones, like the bears in Russia drive around in the circus, <laughs> like the real tiny adorable. ones with my knees up. You look like a tiny version of the redheaded guy from Walking Dead. Interesting. Uh, thank you. Is that <laughs> thank you? Which one? Yeah. Neiman? Yeah, he's a- no, no, uh, I- Nor- no, Norbit? Norbit. 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 How you doing? I love How yeah. you doing? <laughs> How you doing? All right. All right well, so let's. All right. Yes. Who wants this. to start here? We're doing. We're back into the listener pasta. Well, we instead of having you speak, we're having your words speak for you, and we are going to present uh, some of these. These are some OC pastas. With in a non grabby Mario Batali way, these are so delectable, and I'm, I want you to get into a, a zone for this because it's back to being spooky. You know, the last couple of weeks we've been doing West Memphis Three. We were talking about drunk birds last week, but we wanted to talk uh, on side stories. So there's been a lot of heaviness, but it's like now it's time for a different type of heaviness. All right, fucking just imagine. You are walking through a, a haunted home, right? Let's say you're watching your your Hill House, right? You walk into the lobby. You hear, oh my god, uh-huh. sounds of many bats, right? You hear, come here, Gracie. I don't know what your name is. Come here, Michael. And you go into this back room. The hallway's getting longer and longer. You don't know why. You open the French doors. To a room oh. filled just pitch black. You can't hear, but you hear, come here, Michael. You're like, okay, I'm not Michael. I'm, yeah, I thought your name was Gracie. I, or Gracie. <laughs> come here, Gracie. You go in, you see this a woman facing the corner with a babushka on. And you don't know what she's, you know, all you see is her back turned to you. And she's like, come here, Michael or Gracie. Huh. And as you get closer... She turns around, and you're like, Nanu? I thought you died years ago. And she's like, e- yes, I'm in hell. And he, you're like, whoa, what the fuck? What did you do in your life that you're in hell? And she's like, have this. And out from underneath her fucking skirt, right between her legs, has been warming between uh-huh. her thighs, pulling out. It's a big old bong. Right? <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck is this? She's like, a spooky nug. I take it all the way from the rocks of fucking hell, you bitch. And you're like, whoa, Nanu. <laughs> Why are you like this? And you fucking right. pick up that fucking bong. You're smoking ghost weed. Nice. Is this what you search on Pornhub? <laughs> That's a long search. Yeah, Nanu's ghost weed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then I jerk off to the first video that comes up on X videos. All right. Oh, wow. So that was our first spooky spaghetti, Nanu's ghost weed. Hey, all yeah, right. There okay, it good. is. That's me, though. Made I wrote up. that. Yeah, there yes. you go. Shit, right? I mean, did see in the process. I think his mustache wrote it, to be fair. <laughs> All right. Well, who wants to start here? We got a bunch of scary tales. Who wants to begin? I, say, I will begin. You do then. it. You do okay. it. Okay. This story is coming in from a fella. His name is, a- or it could be a gal. This name can go either way. Uh-huh. Oh, Alex Byron. So thank you so much for submitting, Alex. Really excited to read this story. It's called Big Fred. Uh, so Fred is a little bit larger. I chose than these specifically for you, Kissel. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I know. And there's a there's an undercurrent of disdain that you have for me. No, uh, but that is fine. No big deal. Big Fred. Mark looked after. Now I'm starting the story. Started. Thank okay. you. Okay. 
Big well, Fred. Big Fred. I got it. How big also, is he? Also, you know my... Uh, how big are you? Does he play basketball? You could also just call me Fred. I have a lot of feelings. I'm a real person. Big Fred's talking. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Mark looked after... <laughs> Mark looked after elderly people and the disabled. So Mark is a good guy. He worked for an agency that sent him all over the city. One client he would always hear stories about was this fella named Big Fred. <laughs> big Fred... Uh, it, this next sentence really kind of goes... Uh, uh, you don't have, you don't even really need this sentence. It's kind of inferred in the term Big Fred. Big Fred was a large man with the mind of a child. <laughs> ah. Kind of like Blaster from Master Blaster. <laughs> he had a rich family that paid the agency well. Mark had never met anyone who had looked after him, so he assumed only very special workers were chosen. Okay. See? See? One day, Mark got into a petty argument with his boss. The next day, he was worried he might get fired. So he was surprised when he got offered... Big Fred. Big Fred. Oh, everything's going great. It's easy, his boss told him. It's an overnight shift. Just make sure he eats at 3 a.m. Totally normal time to eat for Big Fred. Mark arrived at the mansion and checked on Fred, who was lying in bed. Mark watched TV until 3 a.m. and went into the bedroom to ask Fred what he wanted to eat. Come closer, Fred said. <laughs> Come closer, Fred said. No. Then he's got a time. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Come closer, Fred. Fred you know, Fred you did, this was a commercial edition. I could see the casting director. You would be like, stop right there, stop right there. We love what we're doing. We feel like uh -huh. maybe you could go for a different choice. <laughs> Come closer. Uh, we'll get this one. We'll get, we'll get this one. And we'll, we'll, once we get this one, we'll try other options. Come closer, Fred whispered in the darkness. Mark leaned in, and suddenly he felt sharp teeth sink into his arm. He screamed, but Fred only pulled him closer. Fred ate him. Oh, oh. big Fred ate Mark. Oh, so Mark was the meal. Yeah. What an idiot. And he was fired. <laughs> and he was fired. I love that story. Thank you, Alex. This is, you know, it's not easy working, uh, taking care of the elderly nor the disabled. So my hat's off to those in that service industry. They are heroes on a daily basis. And we should honor them more. Absolutely. Okay. I just thought you'd connect to Big Fred. <laughs> Thank you. I know. I Yeah. Oh, is that what it was, Henry? Was it because the character was big and likes to eat at 3 o'clock in the morning? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got one for you. This one's like, uh, let's do a true story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This wasn't true? <laughs> this one's called Vampire Attack. Oh. Although I'm not sure that we should say this person's name because he said that his wife does not know the full extent of this story and she might be listening as well. So I don't want I don't want to but you know put Maybe this guy on notice. Or... I don't want to blast him. Okay. I like it. All right. This is a true story that happened to my now wife and I. We were staying at a small bed and breakfast in southern Vermont for Valentine's Day. We went out to dinner at a nice restaurant, came back to the room and settled in for the night. Deep into the night, I had a very unusual dream. I can count on one hand the number of wet dreams I've had in my life, mm. and most of them have been about strangers. <laughs> Both that involve people I know have been very unsettling experiences. Cool. In this dream, I was laying on a bed in a cheap motel, and my wife was sitting across my legs, sort of cowgirl style, but we weren't actually having sex. She was just kind of teasing me. Okay. okay. Although it All looked right. like her, it looked like a... <laughs> although it looked like her, it looked like a goth version of her. Oh. She was wearing a full fishnet body stocking, black lipstick, and had a bunch of ear and facial piercings. Cool. After, after teasing me for a bit, she got angry and stormed out of the room. 
I followed her out onto the street and watched her walk away into the distance. Yeah, yeah, that, I never, you never putting it in. You never do it. I don't <laughs> think his wife sounds <laughs> like that, Henry. <laughs> At that point, I woke up with a painfully hard erection. I often wake up with morning wood. Yep. But this was seriously the hardest I'd ever been. Wow. I was laying there, debating whether to sneak off to the bathroom to take care of it. Mm-hmm. What, do, what does that mean? When Just take a big dump? <laughs> Slam it with a toilet lid a couple times so it goes away. Oh, I see. I was debating on whether to take care of it, but my wife sat bolt upright, gasping for breath. After I calmed her down, she told me she had a nightmare that a girl with black hair was crouching over her and strangling her. This sent a chill down my spine. I turned a light and the TV on and talked to her until she calmed down and fell asleep. The reason I felt a chill is that I'm very interested in the supernatural, and what had just happened to us strongly reminded me of some of the stories I've read about early American vampires. Much like witches, early New Englanders very much believed in vampires, but not the Anne Rice type of vampire. Hmm. They believed that a vampire was the restless spirit of a dead person who stole life from the living, slowly sickening them and eventually killing them. The vampire would come into your room while you slept and crouch on your chest, making it hard for you to breathe. The more this happened, the sicker you would get until the vampire finally killed you and moved on to another victim. The house we were staying in was constructed in the 1770s. Firmly in the time that vampire stories were spreading around New England. And the next morning, the owner admitted when another guest questioned her that the building was haunted. Oh! Although she didn't describe any vampire attacks. I was worried about the spirit following us home, so I made very certain to not leave anything in the rooms that belonged to us. Just cut to him driving in a zigzag pattern, just <laughs> like, you will never catch me, vampire. <laughs> My wife is already very afraid of ghosts, so I've never told her the full story of what happened that night. You know, lies are never good for a relationship. No, no, Next. no, no, lies build resentment. Yes. Next time I'm looking into a romantic getaway, I'll be looking a little deeper than the Yelp review. Yelp! <laughs> and that's why we've gone to Sandals for the past 10 years. I love a Sandals no resort. No ghosts at Sandals. No ghosts at Sandals. No ghosts at Sandals. A ghost cannot arrive in a place where you're literally not allowed to wear shoelaces. Like you nope. need to have full Victorian wear at some point. I love that How story because I get it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What do you? What, what part of it do you get the most? Is it the waking up with a... Uh, you know what? Well, yeah, that's what says, I do feel like it's a part of when like Natalie's out of town and just me and Wendy in the bed is that now she no longer cuddles on me. She sleeps at the end of the bed. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> if Wendy could talk. Okay. I'm not trying All to right. do anything. Oh, right. okay. So I have this. I'm going to go a little bit more intense with this one. This is written by Jared Rand. It is called Behind Closed Doors. Ooh. Day 3,650. Today marks the 10th year of me locking myself down in this bunker. Hooray! I sit down on the couch in the living room with a bowl of stale cereal I've been saving for this anniversary. I ran out of dehydrated milk years ago, so I have to deal with Mm. eating it dry. But after ages of eating vitamins, meal supplements, and whatever produce I can manage to grow, this is a welcome treat. 
I flick on the TV and switch it over from my computer screen to the satellite dish. Normally nothing shows up, but sometimes there'll be a rogue signal of an episode of Cheers I don't have downloaded. Today, however, was different. I mean, Cheers is a great thing to watch in a bunker because it never fails to bring a smile to the face. Well, speaking of crying while watching, though, I mean, that the end of Cheers is heartbreaking. Yep. It is. You know what really defeats it? If you just have six or seven beers while doing it, then you just smile and you remember your memories. Yep, then you go from the, you go from Ted Danson to Norm by the end of it. <laughs> Today, however, was different. Every channel was broadcasting the same exact video of a mushy old man standing on a stage in front of a murmuring crowd. Today's the days, folks. After ten long years, we finally get to reveal the winner of the worldwide hide-and-go-seek competition. The man says, arms pumping in the air, voice echoing through the loudspeakers. The crowd erupts into cheers and applause. I laugh at the ridiculousness of all this. A hide-and-seek competition? I don't remember any competition like that way back in 2018. Who will be the winner of the $100 million grand prize? Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're ready. When the clock strikes noon, the curtain will fall and reveal the victor. Count it down with me, folks. 30, 29... 28. You started at, th- at 30? 30 is pretty good. 30 is deep. It's a big deep. countdown. It's a lot of build. A giant screen above a huge curtain mounted down, counted down the seconds. 18, 17, 16. The crowd continued. Something in my gut told me this wasn't right. How is it possible I didn't hear about this? 10, 9, Eight. I put my bowl on the table and focus on the screen. The announcer looks so familiar. I swear I know him, but from where? Six, five, four. My chest started nodding up. I stood up and walked closer to the TV. I had an itching feeling. I knew who was under that curtain. Three, two, one. The curtain disconnected from the top and tumbled down, revealing a giant photo of myself from ten years ago. Spark streamers and balloons shot out from above the crowd. Congratulations, May Abbott. You have won the grand prize of $100 million, the man said. Hey, all right. God damn it. Fuck. I screamed and kicked over the table into the wall. All you have to do to claim your winnings is to come out of hiding, May. There will be a huge party in your honor. The announcer shouted over the sound of the crowd's uproar. I can't believe I thought that this was a genuine broadcast. It's really that simple, baby girl. Just open the bunker door and step out into this nice, bright sunshine. I realize where I know him from. It's been so long since I've actually seen his face that I almost couldn't recognize him. It's my father. Open the door, May. See the sunlight. His voice now cold and commanding, the crowd silent. I stare at the TV, fists clenched, a fire raging inside of my chest. After all these years, I've blocked them out of my mind. I try to forget what happened ten years ago. To ignore that constant screaming just outside the bunker. To ignore the slamming and knocking on the heavy steel door. To ignore how my friends and family are paraded around like puppets to manipulate me into going outside. How every person outside this bunker isn't even human. They're not people anymore. Not even close. May, open the fucking door! Open the fucking door! Dad shouts as loud as he can, his voice cracking and his face turning red from the strain. Spittle flies out of his mouth with every word. He shouts over the sounds of the crowd, screaming the same. I cover my ears. I can't listen to this. Open the fucking door! Open the fucking door! Open the fucking... I punch the TV as hard as I can. The screen tumbles to the ground and goes black, but that awful noise still pours out of it. 
I punch and I punch and I punch until my knuckles are dripping with blood. The bunker is quiet, but outside I can still hear the screams commanding me to open the door. Tears well up in my eyes. I curl up on the floor and sob into my blood-stained carpet. I can't go outside. I would change, too. I need to keep that door locked to keep the sunlight out. That's what happens when your dad is Richard Dawson. <laughs> Always having a game show going on. Always having a game show. Look at that. All right, spooky tale indeed. So it's uh, kind of creatures outside reminds me of uh, A Quiet Place, which yeah. I thought was a great, great horror film. Yeah. Very good. All Very right. quiet. John Krasinski definitely did not f- completely doe-faced fuck it up like he did all the stupid, uh, all this horrible, uh, the Patriot the television show. yeah. What, what, you, you're just very jealous. He was a very successful actor. The Office is fine. It's fun. It's fine. Well, he actually directed A Quiet Place, yes. and I believe he wrote it as well. He did very. He good. did I don't very know good. Why they were having a baby? Why were they having a baby that whole time? Because you I got don't a know. gush inside. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. Sometimes it just feels too good. Too good. All right. Well, let's not get too crazy here. <laughs> All right, here we are now. This story, it comes in from Sonia Garcia. Thank you so much for submitting your tale. It is, uh, it's it's called The Wendigo Short Story. The Wendigo, I think that's a creature. It's a, it is a, a Native American creature of folklore. I'm not exactly sure what he does, but I do believe he follows people in the forest and he consumes them. At night. I love it. Eats people. I think the Wendigo uh, in folklore. I think he was a, a cannibalism cautionary tale, like where mm. uh, they said, t- like if you eat people, you become the Wendigo. And, and also, uh, the Wendigo was uh, the first uh, person that Wolverine ever fought. No kidding. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Way back in Incredible Hulk 181. No kidding. No kidding. Look at that. Um, is the Wendigo? Has it ever been an RV? Has there ever been an RV named? It's, we got the Wendigo. No, because it's, it's been bad. A- it's a bad thing. You can't name yes. it something that's bad. You can't name it like you can't name a ship like the SS Ted Bundy because who's going to get <laughs> on it? Yeah, or like the <laughs> like true. the Ford Chupacabra. It doesn't work. Honestly, Honestly that would the be Ford great. Chupacabra would- is like <laughs> the number one selling car in America as soon as it's launched. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So this is called again by Sonia. Thank you so much. Wendigo short story. Here is that tale. I continue to tread uphill, so she's walking up a hill here. The trail is disguised by snow of a harsh winter, so I make my own way. Very Fleetwood Mac of you. I have not eaten in days. That is horrible. I am the last of the survivors. I hear a song in the wind. It calls to me, so I follow. There is Maybe that is Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Stevie, Stevie Nicks? Is that? Yes, I will follow you, Stevie. Wherever you want to go. You hear her scarves slapping against the walls. <laughs> there is an... There is an ancient curse in these woods, a folklore, a fever. When you, <clears throat> when you eat that which is forbidden, you become an evil, an entity of these woods. Only folklore. The song grows louder only when the wind blows, and soon, and soon I see a figure off in the distance, sitting in an ocean of cold. I see him, but he, but he does not see me. With the wind howling like a banshee, my being fills with the hope of being saved. Before, if I, before I know it, I'm upon the figure. A man? <laughs> a man? No, I'm Stevie Nicks. Sometimes they call me man. I have actually never appreciated that. They never call Stevie Nicks. She's got a womanly no, figure. I, she's gorgeous. Okay, so this dude. Or perhaps a man? He is hunched over. Naked. 
Henry Zabrowski from last podcast on the left. Though I'm having fun. Oh, that is fun. That is fun. (laughs) (laughs) He is hunched over, naked. How can this be? Looking closer, I inspect his gray, almost translucent skin, barely fitting over his bones. (laughs) Henry Zabrowski from last year. Yeah. <laughs> he did two yeah. times. Oh, two times. Get, get, get oh, mad. Dude, I'm getting viscerally upset. I'm actually getting mad. I'm getting. I'm going to start punching. <laughs> it's green. I'm going to start punching myself. So he's. They inspect. <laughs> so she inspects the gray, almost translucent skin, barely fitting over the bones. He looks up, exposing his stag-like face. I am frozen in fear. All of my fight has drained from me long ago. As he grows in size, I sink to my knees. He stands before me, towering, staring with two deep holes where eyes should be. He knows that I have eaten that is which forbidden. I give in. I chose this fate. There is an ancient curse in these woods, a folklore, a fever, and that is he, the Wendigo. Wow. All right. So she ate the fruit, and now the Wendigo is going to eat her. I guess that's like a turducken for the Wendigo. (laughs) Food inside of food. I like it. I want to read more true stories of the Wendigo. Remember we did did monsters of Native American history? Didn't we do that already? I think, yeah, I think Wendigo was a part of that. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, Wendigo's a Canadian monster. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, so the Wendigo shows up. You're like, I see what you're doing there, but you're doing it wrong. This is how you want to do it. <laughs> see, I, I can see you're over there. You're trying to eat a person. You, it's fine if you want to do it like that. If you want to eat a person like that, it's fine. But, you know, there's a better there's way, a to, way do to do it. There's a way to do it. I do it. But first a- of all, I got to go to my cabin and my cottage. I got to be up there for five or six days of the week. And then I can come back <laughs> yeah. for that one day a week and teach you how to eat them better. I will say, I don't like the idea of a Canadian cryptid because I don't like a cryptid that apologizes. Oh, you yeah. just assume the Wendigo. Especially when I'm they sorry. don't. Don't apologize to me when you're eating me. Just eat me. Don't eat Because I know yeah. you're not sorry. Yeah, because you're, you're not Because you're not. No. You're not really sorry. Never sorry. You're not sorry. Never sorry. All right. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a little insight into our hidden resentment of one bartender <laughs> in Canada who <laughs> was very mean to us. Yes, one bartender in Canada and that... Weird cab driver who just ate cherries, pits and all for 30 minutes Still straight. Still not, what not. You know what it's other? <laughs> I saw another dude. This is another thing. I'm. This is not This is not Slam Canada segment, but there was a man in a maple leaf shirt at Disney World. I swear to God, was did that thing where he was fully washing his face at his bathroom, in, in at the bathroom in Disney World, the big public bathroom. Mm-hmm. He's washing his face. He takes off his shirt. He washes his chest. This is not a Greyhound bus station. He's this is Disney World. Then he proceeds to spit into his own hands and look at it. Like it going. Like spitting into his hands and just and gazing into it. Like his eyeballs had little fucking microscopes in them so that he could see like a jeweler's glass on. And then washed his hands and went back to fucking Gen Pop in the middle of Disney World. Oh, maybe he was looking for blood or something. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Wow. All right. Yikes. All right. This one that I got up next. It is uh, from Tanner Paulson. It's called Thin Arm. (laughs) Very nice. The night it started, I woke up in a panic. I heard a single knock on my bedroom door. I live alone. I called out, but got no response. I sat up all night watching the door, but another knock never came. The second night, I locked my door before I went to bed, and somehow I was able to fall asleep. Again, I was awoken by a single knock. 
I sat up and looked at the door, eyes wide. As I watched, too terrified to say anything, the lock turned, followed by the doorknob. The door creaked open a few inches, and I saw a hand rise over the top of my door. It had eight spindly fingers with long gray nails. It waved at me for almost five minutes. Hello, hi. You trying to sleep? Sorry to wake you. It stopped suddenly before it slithered its way up and over the door into my room. Now coming over the top of my door was a long, thin, pale arm. It reached all the way down to the floor. After hanging there for a few minutes, it lifted up and waved at me again. Hi, hello. You see, no pedicure. You come closer. It then pointed at me, then at the doorknob. Back at me, the doorknob, me, the doorknob. The thin arms, eight-fingered, spider-like hand lay flat with its palm up. It curled its fingers repeatedly into its palm. It was beckoning me. I couldn't move, couldn't speak. I could hardly breathe. Then it held its arm up as if checking a watch. It waved me again and slithered back up and over the top of my door. The door closed and locked behind it. For the third night, I installed a bolt lock. This thing, whatever ghastly creature was attached to that thin arm, could somehow unlock my door. I hoped it couldn't do the same to the bolt. Unfortunately, it could. Uh-oh. After hearing the knock, I had never fallen asleep. The bolt unlatched itself. Just after that, the door unlocked and creaked open a few inches. The arm slithered its way in and waved to me before pointing from me to the knob. It beckoned me to the door once again before falling to my floor. For three hours, it drummed its fingers on the wooden floor. I was too terrified to do anything at all except stare. I occasionally looked at the clock, wishing that the morning would come. The arm eventually slithered its way out of my room. The door closed and locked, and so did the bolt. I slept for a couple of hours before my alarm went off. I knew I had to do something. I had to deal with whatever this thing was. On the fourth night, I didn't lock the door. I waited in front of it, pistol in hand. Mm. As soon as I heard the knock, I flung the door open. In front of me was nothing but an empty, dark hallway. There was nothing there at all. Was it done with me? Had I held out for long enough? Had it moved on to torture somebody else? No. I laid back down in the bed and almost drifted off to sleep when I heard and felt a knock from beneath my bed. I opened my eyes but didn't move. I saw the arm lifting in the air above me, coming from under my bed. It waved just like it always did. It patted me lightly on the head. Yes, yes, good sleeping boy, yes. I wanted to scream, but I couldn't. I wanted to get up and run away, but I couldn't. The arm wrapped around me. I was suddenly overcome with exhaustion. I fell asleep until my alarm went off. As I opened my eyes, the arm lifted up, waved to me, and went back under my bed. I got up and jumped as far off my bed as I could, and I ran into the hall. I got in the shower and noticed scratches all over my stomach and chest. They weren't deep enough to draw blood, but they stung when the hot water hit them. Luckily, I had clothes in the dryer and didn't have to go back to my room. I got ready for work and walked out to my car. I heard a knock just as I was getting into it. It was coming from my bedroom window, which was right above my driveway. The eight-fingered hand was there, waving. I never went back to my house that night. I rented a hotel room, anxious to get a good night's rest. I slept well that night. 
However, when I woke up and walked into the bathroom, I saw deep scratches on my chest. They weren't random scratches like from the night before. There were words jaggedly carved into me. I looked out at the bed and noticed that the blankets and sheets were covered in dried blood. I looked back into the mirror and reread what it said. You let me in. You can't leave me. I can't leave you. No matter where I sleep, on the couch, in my car, even in my office, the arm is there. After a few days of trying out new places to sleep, I awoke to find a new message carved into me. Sleep in your bed, or I will make it so you never wake. Now I lie awake every night until I hear the knock from under my bed. The arm waves and then wraps around me. I fall asleep right after. It goes back under my bed in the morning. I always notice fresh scratches on my chest and stomach as I shower. Often, they're on my legs and arms too. Just the other night, I saw teeth marks on my shoulder. Whatever is under my bed, more than just its arm is coming out when I sleep. I warn you, if you hear a single knock on your bedroom door, don't open it. When the arm slithers its way over the top of your door, try your best to ignore it. Put your pillow over your head, hide under the covers, and wait for it to go. I'm not sure if it'll leave you for good, but it's better to leave it at your door. Above all, hope and pray that the thin arm with its eight-fingered hand doesn't knock at all. Yeah! All right. <laughs> Honestly, though, I gotta say, it's kind of Adam's family. You can have your own little thing there. Your thing, but you the go thing's got an arm. Well, I know it's an arm thing. It Maybe it's, maybe thing is a baby, and it hasn't grown its arm yet. I don't maybe know. Maybe that's the thing's father. Maybe yeah. it is. Maybe. I mean, and it I finger mean, it blasted like- a, a, just a floating pussy. I have no idea how arm intercourse works, but I would say it's kind of nice. You go to bed with the cobra clutch every night. Mm -hmm. It seems like all you, I mean, other than the scratches, I would say, can you not scratch me so much? Please don't scratch. Don't stop scratching. Stop scratching messages. Leave a pen and paper next to the table and maybe use a pen and paper. Hey, give the the hand a pen. Get you an iPad with a stylus and then you can send me an email. All right, come on. I know that you're a disembodied arm from some hell dimension, but... Uh, let's get a tablet. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with Horse picks. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders... I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest. and. I guess I can share it here. I 
I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. And it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. So this is scary only because it there's there's a there's a scariness to this true story. That something about it, I, I don't know what it is. It's kind of got an uncanny valley feeling to it. Feeling to it. This is by Allison Kennan Frink, the man in the corner. When I was a kid, I would go into my parents' room at night to sleep in their bed. This drove them crazy, of course, but I insisted. My mom would always ask me why I wanted to sleep with them, and my answer was always the same. I had a bad dream. This was a lie. I didn't have bad dreams. I had bad wake-ups. I would wake up in the middle of the night and be afraid to open my eyes because I knew what I would see. I knew he would be sitting there in the corner of my room on top of my desk. When I finally got up the courage to glance over, I was always terrified. I was always also right. He was short, about four or four and a half feet tall. He had a thin, pointy beard and wore a wide-brimmed hat with a feather in it. He never said anything and never moved. They just sat there looking at me and smiling like mm. some sort of creepy little leprechaun. The worst part was that I got no relief. He followed me to my grandparents' house and even to a friend's slumber party. My grandmother's, he would just sit in the hamper next to the door. I would close my eyes and run out of the room crying, terrified that he would grab me. At the party, I was so afraid that I pulled my sleeping bag up over my head and I peed myself. <laughs> then one day after years of torment 
It just stopped. As time went on, I convinced myself that I had, maybe I'd been dreaming all those times, that this was just silly schoolgirl fears. And then one summer, I was home from college. My mom and I were up late talking and somehow got into the topic of scary shit. My mom says, Yeah, when I was a kid, I was always afraid that Rumpelstiltskin was going to get me. I used to think he was sitting in my room watching me sleep. Mm. I apparently turned pale because my mom started to freak out asking me what was wrong. So I told her. I told her about the years of my torment by my leprechaun. I told her about that hat, his beard, his creepy little grin. My mother started crying. She had no idea. She, too, had convinced herself that it had all been a dream. We sat there crying and hugging each other, asking questions we couldn't answer. Like, why had this happened to us, and why were we the only ones? And last night I woke up, it was my daughter crying again. She said that she had a bad dream. Rumpelstiltskin is back? <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin in the house? What the heck? No, Rumpelstiltskin, what was his whole thing? He would he would do something. He, Rumpelstiltskin, he wanted the, uh, gold. The, the, the gold. The gold, right? He, he had would... to spin the hair from the gold, and then he would get the daughter. He right? was horny, and he was that, horny. Was... He, we had the same fucking... Uh, me and Rumpelstiltskin had the same goals. We want money, and we wanted a hot wife. That was... I don't <laughs> know if that's... Get. Same I don't know if that was Rumpelstiltskin's goals. <laughs> What's that? I don't know if that was Rumpelstiltskin's goals. Yeah, dude, man, he fucking eyes of the prize, man. He knew exactly he what didn't he wanted. Do, did he do, like, spider webs? Did he do, like, he, like the goal is gold, and then he just spider webbed out and figured out how to get it? Oh, is that, like, the, the color... What color is your parachute? Is it, did you like read that? that? We've gone over this. This is from when we did the Iceman episodes. I read that All business right. book called What Color Is Your Parachute? And mine is still Dookie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Okay, this one comes in from a fella. His name is Kyle Peters. And I really like this one. This is a scary one. All right. And the next one I want to read is going to be a little bit more lighthearted. Okay. Okay, but this one's truly scary. Okay, also, so just think about this, too. Well, I was thinking about the leprechaun one. Imagine a little man just showed up in your room. Like, how terrible. Like, we joke about it being seeing a leprechaun. But if you actually saw a leprechaun in your room, you'd have to go to a mental institution. <laughs> I don't know, man, because, again, I just feel like you can be friends with it. Don't take its gold. No. Leprechauns are notoriously greedy. Yes. But I, I don't know. If you don't mess with it, like, for mm. example, the leprechaun, if no one ever messed with it, it would just be a little buddy. Are they Le greedy or are they thrifty? I see. <laughs> Interesting. Uh -huh. Interesting. Uh -huh. Is it about money management or is it about wanting <laughs> every piece of gold that you can get your hands on? Well, no, they don't want any more. My understanding of Leprechaun solely from the Leprechaun series mm -hmm. is he just wants his 100 pieces of gold. Yeah. No more, no less. That's right. So just don't mess with it. So in that way, I would say thrifty, not greedy. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. This one comes in from a fella. His name is Kyle Peters, and it begins, Daddy, Daddy. Now there's exclamation marks there. So uh, <laughs> daddy, sell it. daddy, <laughs> you you Just, do it so good. You got you've been reading the other side, the creepy on yep. the side. You're you're getting to be a tight reader. You really sell it. Scare these people, daddy, daddy. <laughs> Ugh! I groaned. Looking at the clock, I see it's two forty-five a.m. What could my daughter possibly want at this time of night? I roll out of bed, body aching. I worked 12 hours today. Now I've got to, uh, no, that's not fair. It's been two years since her mother left. I work all day, then I'm, <laughs> then I'm groaning when she wants to see me. Tying up my robe, I make my way down the hall. So the mother is gone. It's been two years, but I'm working 12 hours a day here. 
Okay. So this so is no, the Ben sad. Kissel story. What we're doing is this is protracting <sighs> 20 years into your future. It's very difficult to work 12 hours a day, and then you get woken up by a daddy, daddy. Okay, we got it. So I walk into a room. What is it, honey? I ask quietly. Walking through her bedroom door, I can't help but smile. My little girl with a scared frown motioning for me to come closer. I take the steps towards her bed thinking, maybe I'll take a long weekend and we'll go on a trip. There's a there's there's a monster in my closet, Daddy. She whispers in a low voice. I give her a sympathetic nod. Since her mother left, she's been acting out. I shake my head, mostly at myself, as I realize her fear of the real world has spilled over into her nightmares. There's no monster, baby. Monsters aren't real. The idea of monsters is actually what's scary. Let me show you. I walk over to her closet door, which is ajar. As I push it open, my skin starts jumping. My breath tightens in my lungs. There in my daughter's closet, looking much more frightened, is my daughter. Daddy, there's a scary girl in my bed. Then I hear two feet touch the floor behind me. Creepy stuff. I I tell you what, if daddy goes back to bed and he is scared by a little girl just just sitting in that bed, I would be doubly scared, both legally and ghost (laughs) That's a double. That's a double scare. So which one is the ghost? Which one is not the ghost? The one in the closet or the one in the bed? Who knows? Gonna have to kill both. Kill both. No, of them. <laughs> you actually have to kill one, but you better get it right. Otherwise, it's a homicide. One makes you a hero, uh-huh. and the other one makes you a murderer. Yeah. So you gotta kill the ghost. Two make you a murderer. Both no, make you a murderer. Even if you get you it wrong, a ghost Kissel, Whatever it is, that ghost <laughs> no, came from somewhere, a- and that ghost has a story. You, that ghost showed up. Now you're just that one more chapter in this ghost's life. You murder it. Oh, you're innocent. Just because you're murdering a ghost? You can't murder a ghost the same way you can't make a fish wet. They're already dead. What? It's already wet. Interesting theory. It's not possible to murder a ghost. So you mean to tell me you want to be the Warren's defense attorney in ghost court? (laughs) (laughs) All right. This one is from a guy named Hans Schrader. It's called... The exorcism. <laughs> this is old. Someone oh really finally. Like, a little bit of a preface. What was so great about these submissions that we got, we got like over 500 story submissions, and it's incredible. Yes. And Kessel and I went through these stories pretty much one by one. We were talking about we You're felt right. like teachers during an exam time. Where <laughs> yeah, it was like, are we are we teaching like the most macabre eighth grade class? Like all of <laughs> yes. the submissions. Um, but, but it was really thank you all so much for submitting. By you guys the way. did fucking. Cr- you guys did great. If from what the stories you've already heard, there's a lot of the ones that are really creepy. But this one nailed a type of four chan energy that we really missed. I love it so much. (laughs) The priest was fiddling with his stupid dick when the phone went off and the priest said, Hello? Priest, we need you here. Please hurry, said the phone. And the priest said, Okay. So then the priest put down his floppy beanhole and stopped thinking about young boys for once his miserable fucking life. (laughs) The priest went to the old folks' home and the nurse said, Oh, thank God. And the priest said, Where is the sorry fuck stick? Nurse said, it's old man Jenkins, priest, and he needs your help. Show me him, said the fucking priest. And so he went and met old shit Jenkins, and there he was, possessed by a demon. Just like how the priest is possessed by its hor- with horny secrets. Soapy fucking dork, said the little old boy Jenkins. But it wasn't really Jenkins, it was the demon, and the demon fucking meant it. 
the scared little priest held up his Bible, and the demon inside Titty Balls Jenkin was like, show me what you got. And the priest was like, the power cross, comp- power cross compels you, whatever the fuck that means. It was fucking embarrassing. So when the priest said, help me God, but God couldn't hear him because God found his old N64 in a box in the garage and was busy losing a race in Mario Kart. The priest thought he'd be a badass and pulled out some holy water. So then the demon laughed and pulled out his cock and was like, suck Satan's cock. And the priest was afraid of it because it was old and lumpy and he was only used to fresh bully bubblegum cocks. The priest started choking on the demon's horny flopper and the demon loved it so much he he shot exorcism everywhere oh. and fucking bailed out a milk bag Jenkins' body. And the priest got covered in chunky green cum and the cold sperm shot out his nose and his ears and he swallowed so much that the demon was now in him and he yelled, Oh, fuck! And then the nurse came behind him and slit his fucking throat just like they planned and he bled out like a pig on their wedding night. And then the pedophile went to burn in hell for all the boys he ruined and the demon came with them, and the demon and Satan did their awesome secret handshake to celebrate a job well done. Hell yeah. You know, I was just on Dana Perino's show on Fox News. I don't know if that's an appropriate story for someone like me. It is fun. Really good. Very fun. powerful. Um, very powerful. Thank you, Hans Schrader. Very Hans good work. Schrader. Very good Hans, work. Hans Schrader. So, yes. I mean, really, this is a tale, though, of uh, of proper justice being done. Of right? proper justice. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Sort yeah. of like uh, the movie Sleepers, yeah, a which is lo- a fantastic. It's a film. lot like Sleepers. It's yes. also about okay. just sucking dicks. Which yeah, and there was that aspect. <laughs> A lot of dick sucking. A lot of dick sucking. Sure, right. So a author named Rachel Greenhoe sent us some uh, creepypastas that she had written and submitted to Reddit. um, And these are all super, super short and great. So I want to just hit three real quick. We got ourselves a triple shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Triple shot. Five years ago, my sister vanished. There was a month-long manhunt. The FBI got involved. Dogs, helicopters, everything they could do. I'd led them to all the places we had played. They never found a body. This morning, a young woman appeared on my doorstep. She claims to be my sister. Same crooked smile, same blonde hair, same scar on her wrist from falling off the monkey bars. My parents are convinced, but I'm not. I cut her up before I buried her. Yeah, Whoa. little sister, yeah! Yikes! A day at the lake. What about sharks, Mama? Sharks only live in salt water. What about alligators, Mama? This is a man-made lake. There are no monsters in there. Now go swim. Mommy will watch. He was near the center of the lake, idly floating in his inner tube when he felt the tug. A gentle tug at first, then a terrible pressure pulling him down. Silt and water filling his lungs as he tried to call for his Mama. She heard, but there wasn't anything she could do. She could only watch the foundations of the lake give away into a huge mouth-like sinkhole. The kid is dead! Oh! And this is Grandma. After my grandma died, I used to pray to God to bring her back. Now as the masses of grotesque, decaying, pinkish-gray bodies break through my final barricade, I see one of them is wearing her blue and yellow dress. Grandma comes back! 
Whoa! Hey, Richard I Green, swear to work. God, if I asked God to bring my grandmother back just one time, he would happily do so. <laughs> I can't even imagine what she's doing to that poor bastard in heaven. Yeah, yeah, just get her out of here. <laughs> All right. Very great. I love those really short ones. I love There's them. a certain art to making it super short. Especially there is. with the flips in them. They do a really yes. good job. It's very O. Henry-like. What is that? O. Henry, the candy bar? Master of the surprise <laughs> ending to the short story. The O. Henry Award is given to the most surprising short story each year. Why is it called the O. Henry Award? It's the name of the author. Kiss. It's the name, name of the author. His name is O. His name is Orenthal Henry. <laughs> but that name is not popular anymore. Orenthal. I, that's a, I like Orenthal. It sounds like a toothache. Um, okay. That's O.J.'s name. It is or OJ's name. See, Orenthal James Centric. Oh, Henry's first name is not Orenthal. It's, what is it? It's Omagush. <laughs> it's not Omagush. It's not a name. It's a pen name. His uh, name isn't actually O. Henry. His real name is William Sidney Porter. Whoa. William Sidney Porter sounds like a writer's name. Yeah. But Why do you need a pen name? Now he sounds like a candy bar. He's the only person who's been born with the writer's There were different rules. <laughs> yeah, but William Sidney Porter, that's an author. O. Henry is the person that you kind of like already was laugh at slowly as they eat he, the bacon. You literally <laughs> can't even say he's not author because O. Henry is the author. No one knows who William Porter is. Weird choice. <laughs> Do you think OJ would have killed all those people if he if he went by Orenthal? If he went by Orenthal, I think he tried going by Orenthal for a little bit, but people wouldn't let him. Really? Yeah. Okay. Not good. We should have let him do that. Maybe he would have been maybe, classier wearing an ascot. Maybe stuff things like would have worked out better. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe he'd be in the Senate. Um, okay. This is from a, a fellow named Austin Counts, and we will be in Austin, Texas, coming up here in the very near future. Yeah. Good plug. Austin. Thank Good plug. Austin counts. Okay. As I, I, I laid in my bed, staring at the ceiling, I rolled over to look at the clock. 3 a.m. God, why can't I get to sleep? I stare past my, crack, my cracked open door out into the dark hallway. Suddenly, I hear the front door open, shut, then lock. I hear the jingle of my dog's collar as, he, as she quickly gets up and starts barking. I lay under my covers, frightened. It's 3 a.m. Mom and Dad are fast asleep. Who could that be? I quickly hear my dogs barking muffled and, and, uh, and hear a limp body hit the floor. I hear my parents' door creak open. My parents awake, and once they realize something's wrong, begin to scream. They, too, are cut short by two loud gunshots. I again hear two limp Lifeless bodies hit the floor. I'm shaking and crying, gripping my blankets over my head, trying not to breathe. I slowly hear heavy footsteps making its way out of my parents' door. Down the hallway, near my room, I slowly hear my door begin to creak open. Then my dick fell off. <laughs> Whoa! Dick fell off. That is crazy. Austin, thanks for the story. That was the that was the biggest surprise ending to the history of creepypasta. That's the O. Henry Award. That is the O. Henry, o. Henry indeed. <laughs> Change it to O. Austin. Great stuff. Uh, mine is uh, this next one. It's uh, by Julian Levy. Another Brooklyn guy right here. Hey, okay. nice. Yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah, the uh, the forget forget about it. Yeah, pizza, <laughs> pizza, pizza is in Brooklyn. <laughs> you know what we're doing. <laughs> this story is called the Witching Hour. Ever look in? The bar back asked, sweating, 
holding a box into which the bartender loaded dewy beer bottles. In what? the bartender asks. She followed her co-worker's line of sight. The hole. It seemed not just to swallow light, but to ward it off. The bar had been a bakery for three generations. Before the fire, the hole had been the mouth of the bread oven. Now, it was just a pitch-black breach in the brick basement wall that nobody had ever bothered to seal. A pipe dripped condensation. Mice scratched in the wall. Another bottle clinked into the box. Just rat shit and ash in there, she said. <laughs> Hell yeah, at a restaurant. Good. Um, <laughs> how many times has a, a manager at Shoney's said that? Yeah, just rat shit and ash in the hole. Uh, that's where we keep our beef. Um, <laughs> that's what she said, dismissing him as she wiped perspiration from her neck. Let's go. Waves of bodies, pitched voices, bumping music. The night wore on. Things ebbed at two, so she cut the bar back. He had a shift drink. They chatted. He left. Now, it was witching hour. Dollar off beers. But eager patrons drummed their fingers on the bar and waited. Where was the bartender? Hmm. She stood alone in the basement, sweating back to the room, hands on either side of the hole, staring into the dark, unable to say exactly why. She wiped her forehead, stood on her tiptoes, squinted into the cave-like blackness. How deep did it go? She put her head in. There was stillness, quiet, dry air that carried just a whisper of yeast. Upstairs, some patrons waited, others walked away resigned. Stories, jokes, lamentations, flirtations, all continued, throbbing, dripping. Desire, warm and wet, pouring sloppily from mouths, spilling onto the floor. Meanwhile, inside the hole, there was nothing. Endless nothing. Blackness. Flat, simple, cool. The further in she crawled, the more she found peace. In the distance behind her, the hole's mouth, the basement, was just a pinhole of light now. Soon there was breath alongside hers and whispers. We are not strangers here. She curled up in the dark in the peace, head resting in the crook of her arm, and waited for sleep. Cool. Sounds kind of peaceful. Yeah, I want to go where everyone knows my name. Yeah, the big hole full of rat shit and ash. Yeah, where the demons And friends. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate (laughs) is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. 
mixed with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar for the perfect balance of sweet, salty, and sour every time. Discover legendary taste with Cayman Jack, America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. Yay! Oh, I tell you what, man, I really miss being spooky. Yeah. Oh, yes. I really do. That's a good point. Like, I miss ghosts. Now that we've been doing, like, we're not going to bust this week's episode, but it's like, I really miss, like, I don't know, getting tingles again. Yeah. Oh, downstairs. Yeah. Well, you should like that television show that you're having feelings while watching The Haunting of Hill House. It's very good. I also watched Trick or Treat last night. That's a really good. We should do uh, next week. We'll do a roundup of horror movies, Kissel, for actual Halloween because Side Stories comes out on Halloween. So you can have a little guide to what to watch tomorrow night if you are like us sometimes, where I like to be inside on Halloween. And there has been audience. some really, some really great horror films we've been watching this Halloween. They're 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 out there. They are they a great are year for there. horror. All right, so this is a story by Ben Albert Swift. Ooh. I've been thinking about doing it since last Halloween. I put a lot of research in. I got a paper route, so every morning I do a dry run in my head. I pick the houses at random, then I see how I feel about it. If it feels right, it goes into the route till it feels wrong. I took out 58 Main Street because it's where Mrs. Knight lives, and I really want to get away with it and not get caught. It's two weeks from Halloween. I pick up my costume. I don't put too much effort into it. I want something I can dump quickly, so I settle for a black cape and ghoul mask. It doesn't really look scary. In fact, it looks pretty stupid, but that's what I like about it. I stopped doing the dry runs as Halloween got closer. I got a bus and walked a little bit, then bought my supplies from a shop I'm pretty certain nobody I know will use. I wore a baseball cap and pulled it down to cover my face just to be sure. I got a full shop, so not to draw attention to the eggs and toilet paper and other stuff. I got doubts about the big day. My stomach was in flips all morning. I almost forgot about doing it, but next year I'll be 13, and then I'll be too old to get away with trick-or-treating. The stomach flips kind of felt good as well. I sat through school and made fake promises to meet my friends and hang out. My dad and mom are in when I get in and ask me what I'm doing, and I tell them I'm probably just going to go around to Bills or maybe just stay home and play Fortnite. Child stuff. I don't, I don't know what Fortnite is, but it seems it's a video game. Yes. It's a video game. It's very popular. Holden McNeely plays it, and he's well over 12. Yes. <laughs> yes, he does. He's a big boy, big boy. Big guy. They make a big show about how it's Halloween, and they, and, but I think they're happy that I'm not going out and causing trouble. I hang out at home for a bit, and when the parent and kid group stop coming around, I give it half an air. Then I put my costume and supplies in my school bag. I tell my mom that I'm off to Bill's, and my mom, I'm off to George's. I go out and get my costume out of my bag and change so I can blend in. The first house Is I... Also, are his friends like old men? Bill and George? <laughs> just, in I the just UK, I think of 12-year-olds, I don't think of Bill and George yes. as like names that are common. The UK is bringing back yeah. Edward Norton and yeah. all those words, yeah. Okay. The first house I get with toilet paper, I enroll it before I throw it. The first throw lands short, but the third hits the sweet spot in the tree and it goes everywhere. <laughs> I run away Woo-hoo. screaming laughing. I can't even run properly, it's so funny. The second house is even better. I run into the house, knock on the door, and then dash. An old man comes to the door and he looks really confused, and then he closes the door. I knock again. This time he's really angry, and he's shouting and he's swearing. I do it one more time. This time he's waiting and he tries to grab me, but I'm too quick. I run away and I'm howling. God, this is going to be better than I expected. 
I was gonna leave until like the fourth house on my mischief route, mischief route before I did the real thing, but I can't wait. I'm too hyper and excited. I get the eggs out of my backpack. My aim is brilliant. I hit the Mercedes right in the windscreen. The next two hit right. the car as well. To top it off, the second egg's a double yoker. Then I get the Whoa! yeah, that's a big one. Then I get the Not living bad. room window that grabs her attention. She's up and out of the house, and she looks at her car and she sees me with the eggs. I have never seen anybody so angry. Her face is bright red. Spittle is coming out of the corners of her mouth. She's up in my face, and she slapped the egg box out of my hands. Then she slaps me in the face. It's really hard. It stings my cheek. I can feel tears running down my face. She's marching me into her house. She's telling me she's ringing the police as the door shuts behind me. I'm so excited, I can barely think. Earlier in the year, George showed me this ISIS video. I felt funny looking at the blood, but like a good funny, and that's when the idea came to me. I tried other things like cutting myself, and that was fine for a bit, but then it just wasn't enough. This was a lot better. There was so much of it. I splashed against my skin and got into my mouth and tasted gorgeous like copper. She was dead, but that didn't stop me. I kept at her body for a while. Then I tried using the knife to saw off her head. I tried really hard, and I got halfway through her neck when the knife snapped. I screamed in frustration and got a glimpse of myself in her hallway mirror. I managed to get control of myself. I put my costume into a plastic bag, then I put it back into my backpack. I ran out of there laughing. I didn't think anybody saw me, and I was beyond caring. I jogged for a little bit, then I took out my phone and rang Bill. Threw the plastic bag with my costume and the big bins out the back of the Asda. Spent the night playing FIFA, and I kept seeing her body and giggling to myself. Bill kept asking me what was funny and saying how cool my makeup looked, how realistic it was. I can't wait for next Halloween. Maybe I don't have to. Yikes, Bill, get out of there. Go hang out with George. Smoke stogies. Talk about baseball. <laughs> My God. Very interesting. All right. Um, the first, th- two, the, the, first of all, I mean, the, the toilet paper. That, that's classic. Kid. classic. That is classic. 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 Even, um, I, but have you been egged think... as an adult? Uh, no. I, well, yes, we were egged. No, not as an adult. But there was some egging going on. There was a feud going back and forth in my neighborhood. It wasn't I wasn't privy to it. I was. But we got egged twice. And then I think my older brother was doing some egging or something was going on. I got hit pretty hard with some eggs a couple times when I was a kid. But that was, you know, that was all in good fun. I was yeah, full on so twenty-four years old the last time I was egged by a group of Ooh. fifteen children. Actual children. <laughs> it was me children. and Eddie. It was me and Eddie walking down the street, yeah. and like that was when I was big and fat, and Eddie's a big boy, and they showed no mercy, and they covered us <laughs> in eggs, and we were supposed to go to a Halloween party where there were girls at the time, and we got covered <laughs> in eggs, and then we just had to go back to his apartment and drink Budweiser's and listen to Seeger alone. Well, that's uh, not It was nice, Halloween. honestly. It was very nice. Yes, really fun. Um, no, we did a lot of the toilet papering, but I don't think kids are allowed to do that anymore. No. And the, we used to do stuff with mailboxes. You cannot touch the mailboxes anymore. No, 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 no. Oh. I had a friend in high school that uh, got a felony charge because he Ooh. blew up the math teacher's mailbox. Hell yeah, well, dude. Blowing, blowing <laughs> it up is, a, is quite a bit. Uh, that's a little intense. Yeah, that was a ba- it was a bad decision. Right. Yeah. He, it, sa- he steadfastly uh, will admit that that was a bad decision. Hey, man, did we got to learn somewhere. charge stick or? I can't remember what happened with the felony charge. I think it followed him. I'm not sure. Huh. Okay. Yeah. He didn't go to prison. That's good. <laughs> That's good. All right. This story, it's coming in from a fella named Nathan Roberts. Thank you so much for writing in. Okay. In the 20 years, now the story is beginning. 
In Thank the 20 you. years, no problem. In the 20 years I've been working with animal rescue organizations, I've seen it all. Number one, thank you for working with animal rescue organizations. We need more people working in those positions. So this person's seen it all. He goes on, tragic cases, extreme neglect, and cruelty, showing the true depravity of man toward beast. And I would say the man is the beast, and the dog It's not a man. What? But it's it's dog. You should dog. Go, we should read the Satanic Bible, and you'll see that one of the tenements is all about how we're just above dogs, which is actually even more vicious than animals. So we'll talk about this later on. But there's 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 time to cover this. Man, is we're the most dogs. dangerous animal. Ooh, we're not above dogs because um, I have to pick up Puffin's poop every single day, and I'm just a servant. Yeah, same with Georgie. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> I've seen dogs and cats that have been brought back. But from near death, some are riddled with parasites or completely unkept with feces, with feces matted, matted uh, into their fur and nails overgrown to the point the nails are digging into the bottom of their feet. Some of the most tragic cases involve starvation, with animals so, so thin they are barely able to stand, as their withered bodies are now little more than skin pulled tight over a frail skeleton. In the arms of... <laughs> immediately thinking of in the arms of the angels. Don't make uh, me hard, sad. because... You you know what Sarah McLaughlin does to my body. I don't know how you have that crossover in your head because now it's all ASPCA for me. Yep. None, not, not all of these cases are, are instances of cruelty. Many lonely people decide to keep pets for companionship as they shed their lives of human relationships. These owners from time to time pass away in isolation, not to be discovered until their bodies liquefy and leak into their neighbor's apartments in a shower of putrid red ooze. Their pets are trapped without food or water and, fa- and face a horrifying choice. Cats will usually eat their owners almost immediately. It's not uncommon to find a lonely woman who has passed away in a home full of cats completely disfigured. The lips are almost always eaten first. In fact, most of the soft parts of the face are the first thing to go. Dogs are dogs are a bit more loyal. It's not uncommon for a dog to lay by their owner and slowly starve to death rather than eat their beloved master. But not all dogs display this loyalty. Recently, after an elderly man, Mr. Henderson, missed a lunch date with his daughter, she stopped by his home to check in on him. Inside the home, she discovered her father laying on his back, eviscerated. His intestines had pulled out into a, his intestines had pulled out into a steaming hot pile of gore, with some lengths broken and chewed. His pallid face was barely recognizable, as his cheeks, lips, and eyes had been eaten off his face, leaving behind a vacant and horrified expression filled with gnashed teeth. His fingers had been gnawed, exposing the glistening cartilage and bones beneath, with some completely separated from his hand. Tiny blood-soaked paws printed do- prints dotted the home, leading to the culprit of the macabre scene. A small dog, a dog was soaked red in vicious blood, Fuck with it. clotted fragments decorating his fur. He was found sitting on the kitchen floor, chewing, chewing on what was left of the man's fingers. The coroner's report indicated the man had died from a blunt force trauma to the head a little over two hours before being found. The dog bowl was still filled with food. They say that once a dog gets a taste of human flesh, he craves it. It's probably part of their genetics, built in from the time before wolves were domesticated into dogs. It's lying dormant, but once it's been reactivated, it's all the dog will crave. The dog will be waiting for the next opportunity for a human to let his guard down just enough so that they can pounce. I tried to warn the shelter not to adopt the animal, but my warnings were not heeded. Several shampoos had removed the reddish-pink... 
several shampoos had removed the reddish pink tint from its white fur, with Mr. Henderson's blood circling down the porcelain wash basin into the drain, leaving behind a seemingly cute, perky animal that few would recognize as a potential ticking time bomb. It's too late now, though. The dog was just adopted. The new owner was not warned about the animal's past. He seemed content, excited, posting photographs of the small animal on his Instagram account. It's only a matter (laughs) of time before his life comes to an abrupt end in a flash of teeth, claws, and fur. I've heard he named the dog Puffin. (laughs) Puffin! Don't eat me, Puffin! I saved you, Puffin! I was good to you, Puffin! (laughs) All right. Scary stuff. Thank you for the story, buddy. All right. I, my last one is called What Friends Are For oh, yeah. by Tom from Santa Cruz. Okay. My life used to be fairly complicated, but now I have just one problem. Actually, I suppose I have two problems, although the second is relatively minor. I'm referring, of course, to the stupid mouth stick stylus that I'm using to awkwardly type out this document. The official record... Of the sad ending to one short life. The voice-to-text functionality on this laptop isn't particularly useful since my broken jaw is still wired tightly shut from the accident, and all the medications tend to make my speech slurred. This is a real pain in the ass, and I feel ridiculous, but this won't take very long. I assure you, I intend to keep it brief. Frankly, I don't have the energy nor the desire to tell this story in great detail, so I'm afraid you'll have to settle for the short version here. I think you'll find that to be enough. It was a Friday night just three weeks ago, and I was driving home from work in the pouring rain when I got a call from my friend Adam, inviting me to meet up with him and some of his friends from work at an Irish pub near his office in White Plains. I was tired as hell and really just wanted to get home to relax for the night. I also knew some of Adam's co-workers who would likely be there, and not all of them were my idea of a good time, so I hedged a bit at first. As usual, Adam told me I had to quote-unquote move on and quote-unquote get out there to begin the long, slow process of healing emotionally and putting Allison behind me. I assured him that my deceased fiancé had nothing to do with it. I was just tired from a long work week, and the weather was lousy. The couch in my living room was calling for me, and the Knicks game was set to tip off in less than an hour. Okay, and they're having a pretty good season so far. Pretty good. (laughs) I didn't explain that the twice-weekly therapy sessions I had been quietly attending for the last two months were starting to help me come to terms with my guilt over Allison's drug overdose at the New Year's Eve party in Atlantic City six months ago. The most tragic event of my entire life garnered some brief attention in our local news at the time because it fitted neatly with the national opioid epidemic that is currently making headlines all across America. Scarsdale's daughter's doctor dies of oxy-overdose. They say fear sells newspapers, and evidently this story was scary because it had the whole it-could-happen-to-you angle. But fuck those newspapers, it did happen to me. Anyway, I figured I'd tell Adam about my therapy session soon enough. I wasn't embarrassed, it just wasn't something that I enjoyed talking about. But Adam was a lifelong friend who would do anything for me, and I've rarely kept any secrets from him. So, despite the lousy weather and my desire to just get home and kick my feet up for the night, I decided to stop by the pub to have a few beers. Besides, I knew I had nothing to eat in the fridge at home, so I figured I could chow down a burger and watch the first half of the Knicks game, and then head on home in time for the second half. I remembered asking Adam what time he was planning to get there just as I was merging onto I-95 
and suddenly there was a tremendous flash of light and a violent explosion that consumed my entire world. When I awoke sometime later, I was lying in a hospital bed, floating in and out of consciousness on a heavy cocktail of narcotics that had been pumped into my veins to alleviate intense pain. I learned later that somehow the sleep-deprived long-haul truck driver who hit me didn't just run right over my little sports car, and I miraculously survived what probably should have been a fatal accident. Laying there in the operating room, I remember that I couldn't really feel my left leg, and I was trying to explain this concern to a nurse when the head surgeon arrived. At this point, I was lucid enough to be able to see the people moving around me and understand some of the words they were saying from behind their light blue surgical masks as they hurried about, dutifully attending to their myriad tasks. At some point, I also noticed their deference to the tall man who walked quietly among them, asking short, clipped questions in a detached fashion. When he finally stood over me and stared down into my face, I recognized the eyes above his mask but could not place them. Then he spoke and I knew who my surgeon was. I think we're ready, he said for everyone in the room to hear. Then he leaned down, and in a near whisper meant just for me, said, You have no idea how happy I am to see you here tonight, Sean. He quickly moved away, and from the other side of the bed, an anesthesiologist leaned in and asked me to follow his fingertip with my eyes. He began to count backwards from ten while slowly moving his index finger back and forth before my face. I tried to say something. I think I even tried to scream. But my world quickly went dark and I learned what happened next when I awoke in the hospital bed the next day. With both of my arms and legs amputated. The deeply sad and remorseful hospital administrator and the somewhat more detached and stoic attorney who accompanied her to my bedside could offer no logical reason why the surgeon who had operated on me had unnecessarily removed my limbs, nor why he had returned to his office to take his own life with a lethal injection immediately afterwards. She did explain to me that he had lost his only daughter about six months earlier, and apparently he had suffered a severe mental break that day. They hadn't put it all together yet, and I didn't bother to tell her that I needed no explanation. I just laid there with my eyes closed, waiting for them to leave. At Allison's funeral, I could see that her father was a broken man, and when he refused to shake my hand or speak with me, I knew that he would never forgive me for what had happened to his only child. We hadn't come in contact with one another since that gray day at the cemetery, but a random series of events delivered me right to his ER that rainy Friday night, and he took full advantage of the opportunity that presented itself. To be honest, I had completely forgotten that he was a surgeon. A doctor from Scarsdale, to be exact. Maybe this was all meant to be. Maybe this is the price I was destined to pay for Allison's life. I don't know. The universe works in strange ways. But now I'm just waiting for Adam to get here. When he does, I'll tell him what happened. Then, I'll tell him that I have no desire to live this way. Not for one more day. Remember how I said that Adam was an old friend who would do anything for me? I suppose I'll soon find out the truth of that. What good is it to have friends if you can't rely on them when you need them? But I'm not worried. I trust Adam. I know it'll be tough for him, and I might have to paint a pretty stark and brutal picture to illustrate what life will be like for me as a once active and athletic 26-year-old who is now a quadruple amputee, but I'm pretty sure that he'll come through for me in the end. After all... What are friends for? Cool. Yeah, fuck. Very nice. I mean, I got to say, stick around, though, because the way that they're making all the technology now, he'll just be a cyborg. Stick around. Yeah, there's some cool stuff. Yeah, don't, totally. don't, don't, just, don't just end it all with it. It's only been a week. It's, it's Honestly, fun. we're going to get exoskeletons. It's going to work yes, out. Exactly. We're going to figure this shit out. 
I mean, I swear to God, I was watching, uh, there was a real sports thing on uh, the double, amp- double amputees with the legs. Mm-hmm. You know that you, they got these they got these things now. They yeah. put on the feet. They're faster than ever. My God. My goodness. Yeah, oh, faster dad, than me, on. man. Hang on. Faster than me. And I'm the fastest they, man within 10 feet. I know it. All right, so this is my final one. All right. This is, goes out to the fans. It's written by Michael Cahill. Cahill? And I think you'll like it, Kissel. Okay. The secret ingredient. The lights in the boardroom were flickering subtly, ah. despite the... You right? That puffin' farted. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. my God, this like story is real! <laughs> um, Yikes. <laughs> the lights in the boardroom were flickering subtly. Despite the ominous lighting, the meeting continued on. So agreed, then. By May 2008, our new creation will be on the shelves of every major grocery and liquor store in the country. The gathered, the gathered executives nodded in agreement, murmuring among themselves at their plan. Long in preparation was finally seeing the light of day. To a round of applause from the gathered executives, Budweiser CEO Carlos Brito triumphantly announced, <laughs> Bud Light Lime will be our best-selling beverage of all time. No! Sometimes later, after the executives of the meeting had gone home to their mansions and their sport cars, Brito stayed behind. He enjoyed roaming the darkened halls of the company's main brewery. In fact, it was only at times like these that he could visit the company's secret beer lab to inspect the specimen. 2008 had been a tough year for Budweiser. The financial crisis had cut into their profits. Even a recession, people have to drink, but they didn't want to drink Budweiser. Bud Light Lime would change all of that, Brito hoped. In fact, he had pinned his future on the beverage's success. If Bud Light Lime flopped when it hit shelves next week... He would be sunk. Ah, finally, muttered Brito as he came up to the secret beer lab. He swiped his key card. The door swung open into the darkness. As Brito stepped into the doorway, the automated lights kicked on and the door shut behind him. How are we feeling this evening? Said Brito to the now illuminated lab. Against the far wall was a large, slender creature. From a distance, it resembled a very tall, very thin man. The creature did not like the fluorescent lights and struggled against its restraints to break free and return to the blessed darkness. No, 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 don't you struggle, said Brito calmly to the creature. We don't want you damaging that precious thick cock of yours. (laughs) In addition to the restraints holding the creature's arms and legs around its waist was a metal contraption holding it tight against the wall. At the end of the waist contraption was a tube attached to the large, throbbing head of the creature's penis. It's almost time for you to shine, Slender Man, cooed Brito with the restrained man. This time next week, the world will be enjoying an alcoholic mixture of your calm and our delicious beer. It'll be hailed as a, I'll be hailed as a hero. I'm going to save this company. I'll make you love me like I love you. You're going to suffer for this, shouted Slender Man and Brito from across the room. I doubt it, Brito replied. You've been in this lab for two years, and every single one of your proxies who have tried to break in here have been killed. You're here for the long haul. <laughs> Screamed the Slender Man, pulling against his restraints. <laughs> you know, I think we're one load short for our last batch going out tomorrow morning. Why don't we take care of that now, said Brito slyly. Brito removed the automated masturbator machine from Slender Man's cock and pressed a button to raise the creature's rock-hard erection to eye level. <laughs> How about we do this the old-fashioned way this time, said Brito as he took Slenderman's cock into his mouth. At first, Slenderman fought the aggressive CEO's soft mouth, but he could no longer fight it. And for the next 
10 minutes. Slenderman forgot his situation and gave into the pleasure for coming full force right down into the back of Brito's throat. Oops, forgot to aim that into the machine. Guess we'll have to try again later, said Brito with a sly smile. His mouth tasted vaguely of lime. And that's it. Oh, my God. Uh, All right. So Slenderman's cum tastes like lime? Yeah, buddy. That's Bud Light Lime, which, which, by the way, I agree. Bud Light Lime is not what I drink, and it's disgusting. Uh, And I I would imagine that's how it is uh, made. One day I will reveal the work that I have done to defame you and discredit you, discredit your life. Uh All right. Well, what a great... Um, series of stories, everyone. Thank you so much for submitting to this year's Listener Pastas. Really awesome stuff. And again, we got like 500, so apologies. Honestly, uh, we sure went through as many we as we could. Sp- These were really, we have so many good ones that we left. Yeah. I can't wait to do this again. Like next yeah. year, like this was really, really successful. Uh, you guys are really fucking creative, and it's so nice to get back into the spooky mindset and remember what Halloween's yeah. all about. Yes, that's right. I thought you were going to say living, laughing, and loving, but you didn't say that. <laughs> well, that's so what that's... I do every single day. You don't? You know what's another good one? Packing, shoving, hauling. Yeah. That's my <laughs> new, pack that's and my new my lifestyle. Father, a tr- that's yeah. a truck driver. Pack, shove, haul. Pack, shove, haul. <laughs> How do you feel drivers? being back on Side Stories, Marcus? It feels good. Feels, feels good. good. Feels good to be here. Absolutely. You're not stressed because you have a bunch of other work to do? No, I'm not thinking about that in the back of my mind whatsoever and trying to plan out how I can eat and still maximize time output for the rest of the day. Okay, I have a feeling it's now going towards the front of your mind. Um, (laughs) All right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Again, we're going to be in Austin. We're going to be in Dallas. And we're going to be in Oklahoma City, which I cannot wait for those shows. Yeah, those are going to be great. We're also going to be in Indianapolis and Chicago. And we're going to be at the True Crime. We're going to be at the Death Becomes Us uh, Crime Fest in uh, Washington, D.C. That show is sold out, though, but... You know, but hey. you might get, be able to get tickets somewhere. I don't know. I mean, know. we'll, we'll be there. We'll be in DC. Yeah. yeah, you were gonna. If you see a tall guy with a with a, one of those beer hats that has the double Bud Lights that go in with the straw, staring at the statue of Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> go talk to him. It might be me. The last true successful tall man. He yells <laughs> at the stone statue of Abraham Lincoln. You have a lot of uh, things. I'm glad that you're you're free to yell at the government that weekend. Oh, absolutely. Um, All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Follow us, LP on the left, for all the bullshit. So now, if you want to submit any story to Side Stories for further coverage, sidestorieslpotl at gmail.com. Again, that's sidestorieslpotl at gmail.com, and we will be combing them for new content. And next week... Again, put your fucking spooky hats on because we're going to be going through some fucking horror movies. Get ready. Because it is Halloween. We're going to do some horror movies. And, well, there's a couple of stories that we'll have to get to as well. It's been a strange, another strange week for the world. Yes. Another strange week in the world. Absolutely. It'll never be normal ever again. Hail me. All right, everyone. Again, hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. Hail Gene, everyone. Goodbye. Bye, Marcus. Goodbye. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. 
mixed with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar for the perfect balance of sweet, salty, and sour every time. Discover legendary taste with Cayman Jack, America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 